interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. And uh, wow, we are winding that. We're just almost to the very end of 2023. Man, did that year go fast. Uh, and uh, and we are just right around the corner from Christmas. So I hope your plans are, are coming together. I hope you can uh, spend some time with family. I'm looking forward to it's our on year for our family. So I, I get uh, the whole, all three kids and uh, a lot of time with family. Uh, my one grandson, get to see them all. So it's going to be an awesome Christmas. I hope it's a good Christmas for you. We are going to talk about Christmas today. And in studio, uh, a few, uh, uh, several weeks ago, how many months ago? I met a guy named Max Chapman. And Max Chapman is doing a, a ministry uh, with the local uh, Catholic diocese of kind of bringing people together. And uh, and I uh, and Max reached out, and we were going to have lunch sometime, whatever, and I said, hey, by the way, I would love to talk about Christmas. Uh, can you find me a priest who uh, who would enjoy being on radio and would talk with me about Christmas? And he said, I think I can. And he connected me up with uh, Father Nathan Hall here. And, uh, and Father Hall, good to have you in the studio today. Uh, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. The, uh, how long have you known Max? So actually, I moved uh, to this parish. I became pastor of the parish in 2022, so just a year and a half now. You know? Okay. So okay. Known him that long. Right away, he introduced himself. <laughs> <laughs> he is very gregarious. He is very and, much so. And very, very, uh, he's an energizer bunny when it yep. comes to getting together with people. Yep. And so uh, now where were you? Let's let's back up a little bit. Sure. Here. Where are you originally from then? So I'm originally from outside of a small town, Morse Bluff, Nebraska. It's 130 people. Wow. Um, but grew up five miles on gravel outside of that. <laughs> um, so yeah, originally from very small. Our, our parish growing up was Whitechapel on the Hill. So just uh-huh. Sacred Heart Cedar Hill, 30 households went to it, so wow. just r- very rural Nebraska. Now, now help me. I mean, I'm, I've lived in Nebraska my whole life, sure. but I've not heard of, of that uh, town. Yeah, Morse Bluff, yeah. Where, uh, g- give me some landmarks. So it. North Bend is the bigger one. Um, okay. So south of North Bend or Fremont, you would okay. go southwest probably 20 minutes or so. Okay, southwest yeah. of Fremont. So yeah. actually not that far from Lincoln then. Not that far, about 50 minutes north or so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. There, uh, my son just recently took a job in Valentine, Nebraska. Valentine, way and out there. Yeah, it is there. way out there. This is much closer than that. But on the way back, uh, we took we followed the highway that come, follows the Loop River, mm. and it's like, oh, they're all just lovely little little towns and villages all along there. Yeah, and it, uh, and a lot more charm in that part of the state than there is around Lincoln. Yeah, very. I mean, small town. You just it's community, it's family. I, I think that um, just a lot of people from there. Just might have a different pace of life, a different look mm-hmm. at who your neighbor is. It's more, yeah. it's more we're in this together. So yeah, yeah I, I did enjoy that growing up, even though we were out on gravel. You know, our nearest neighbor, three quarters of a mile away. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you still have that mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. There. Uh, so uh, grew up in Nebraska, or rural Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you grow up in the Catholic Church then? So I did grow up in the Catholic Church, and um, it was one of those things where I, you know, in that very small parish. I mean, we were a multi generational home. My grandma lived with us, and mm-hmm. you know, we're talking. She had no high school education. She mm-hmm. played organ there for sixty years before. Um, so very grew up in it. Uh, but I would say. 
going to college, though, I went to University of Nebraska, Omaha, great place, mm. um, but still struggle with the faith very much. So mm. um, I was in, yeah, so struggle with the faith a bit until kind of my best friend wanted to get back into his faith. And you know how that goes. It's a <laughs> faith is really a community. And yeah. so he invited me back, um, really participate in the mass. And as his faith came alive again, really sparked my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. We had a guest on last week who uh, had a very similar story. It was mm-hmm. like he was, he grew up Catholic and kind of was, you know, mm-hmm. there. And, yeah. about, and then he didn't really know the word to use. Now, in my circles, we just say, well, uh, I'm not sure what we would say. <laughs> Depends sure. on. We would, we would say something like, you know, your you kind of your faith was revived, yes, or something like yeah, that, and yeah. uh, that it wasn't necessarily it was dormant, and, yeah. and and God woke you up, yeah, or something like that. There's a there's a beautiful term I've heard, you know, reverted, uh-huh. you know, because when we're young, I mean, the yeah. scripture is all about like mm-hmm. being childlike and that trust and that full, loving with your full heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, reversion was kind of like having that. Full heart, full trust again, yeah. and coming back to our Lord. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a, uh, I, yeah, that's a good term. We need to we need to re, re start refining. Yes, that's right. <laughs> rewording that. Well, it's funny because a lot of times people, again, in in Protestant circles, a lot of times they'll say, "Well, that was this was when I was actually converted." Sure, and yeah. and it may be. I that's mean, true. I don't know. The Lord knows. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but but a lot of times you know that the seeds of faith were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they they learn the Bible. They they mm-hmm. they learn the gospel. They they do love Jesus, mm-hmm. but they. But but they drifted for whatever reason, and all of a sudden they came, came back with a storm. Yes, and uh, that's that's a pretty cool thing. I love it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so you your faith gets revitalized, and you're yep. starting to connect with the, the church again. Then yep. w- at what point did you say, you know, maybe I ought to do this as a career? <laughs> so this is uh, it's very it's kind of interesting. So you know, when I first started college, I was studying engineering, uh, specifically civil structural. Uh, engineering. And then on the weekends, uh, I was a musician kind of playing in local bars there and then oh. bars around the um, around the state a little bit. Uh, but I was just so busy. And that was one of the things that really just the Lord couldn't speak through the busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I was uh, converting back, like reverting back, like knowing our Lord, um, it actually took place kind of senior year-ish of college. Um, it still would take time. Uh, I became a structural engineer, so I used to design bridges around the Midwest um, for about three years. Uh, it was during that time that in the midst of that where many people can attest to this, you ha- you make your list for happiness, you get your list for happiness, but you're not happy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I had my list, and it was like I just for some reason it's good, but it's not great. So finally kind of said, all right, Lord, I tried. I tried my own happiness management. Um, I'll let you try it. And that's where kind of the stirring up of uh, Tri Seminary came up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at the time that was a six-year process. Mm -hmm. And that was a big thing. So that took me a little bit of time uh, to fully build that. But, um, yeah, so I was about 27 when I left, uh, quit my job. My boss was great because he was like, oh, I'm Catholic too. And, um, and it worked out timing-wise perfect at, at work as well. Uh, it was hard to tell my band, though, that you know we were like, uh, it's two brothers. And so 
we really had this connection. And mm. so that was tough. Um, but then sold my house, quit my job, and left for the six-year process. Uh, so that was about 27 is when I went. Yeah. Wow. And then where uh, where was the seminary? So the seminary is called Mount St. Mary's Seminary, and that's in Emmitsburg, Maryland. And so you might know them from for basketball. March Madness is kind of there. Lately, they've been oh, more the, publicly known. The Mount Mary. The Mount, yeah, yeah, oh, the Mount okay. St. Mary's. So it's, uh, it's a university, and there's a seminary there. Okay. Um, I think the joke is the seminary started the university to fundraise. I think that's, <laughs> that's how it, the joke was. But, yep, out there for six years of study. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is interesting how uh, you know, even in, a, in small universities and colleges, mm-hmm. their sports programs, I mean, I have heard of them. Yeah. So yeah. that's, I mean, again, what are the odds of that if it weren't for sports? Yeah, exactly. It kind of unites us again on a different front. Yeah. 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 That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, – which, by the way, the, the seminary process, no matter what tradition you're in, it's, mm-hmm. it's not short and it's no. very intense. It is, yeah. Uh, and then so you, uh, when you graduate from seminary, mm-hmm. then what's the, what was the process of placement then? How, did the, sure. how does that work? Yeah, so we have our bishop of our diocese kind of knows uh, the whole overview. Mm-hmm. So every parish, he gets kind of the overview of everything, where the needs, where are the uh, specialties, um, where the strengths and weaknesses of each parish. And then he gets to know his seminarians and from there kind of has that discernment process of, mm-hmm. well, this one might need, has a strength in this area and that could be great for this parish, or he might need to work on this. And so that parish might work. So I was originally placed at St. Joseph's here in town. So in Lincoln was mm-hmm. uh, my first one as an assistant Mm-hmm. And then I taught at Pius High School. So yeah. as an assistant, you mostly teach. So I taught for six years, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at St. Joe's here in Lincoln, then St. Michael's in Hastings. And after that, those three years, became a pastor of Roseland, Nebraska, which you probably have not heard of. It's by Hastings. Mm. But still taught at St. Cecilia's, where I, could, I taught juniors morality, and I taught physics as well. Because oh, wow. I could use my background. Yeah. So had that interesting cap. And then after those six years, then I became pastor of North American Martyrs. All right. Yeah. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to learn more about North American Martyrs. In fact, if we know anything about martyrs, we probably don't know anything about North American martyrs. So uh, <laughs> let, we'll, we'll dig into that and a few other things, too. It's good to have uh, Father Nathan Hall here in the studio. Uh, Merry Christmas to you all at home. I hope you're having great preparations. And we'll be back right in just a moment here on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with uh, Father Nathan Hall. He's, uh, uh, what, is, what is the title then? Is it Parish Priest? Yeah, so parish priest, yep. Okay. Pastor, uh, pastor of North American Martyrs. Yeah. All right, North American Martyrs. And which, by the way, I wanted to, from our first segment, I have a lot of questions here. I wrote them <laughs> a couple of notes here. But um, where is the North American Martyrs located? And um, and you got to tell us a little bit about, can most of us think of 
you know, early church martyrs. 100%, or, yeah. You know, we go all the way back to sure. you know, Acts 6 and we think about Stephen or something. Yep. But mm-hmm. uh, so uh, in those two parts, tell us about North American martyrs. Sure, absolutely. So located northwest Lincoln, um, way out by the airport. I, You know, if you need a ride, you can park in our parking lot. I'll give you one. <laughs> nice. um, so North American martyrs, that's where the parish is. Uh, we also have a school there which we can talk about later, but uh, the North American martyrs themselves, mostly known, um, there were French Jesuits. So Jesuit is kind of like an order mm-hmm. um, within the church. Um, so the, they came to uh, the new, new world to evangelize, to spread the word of Christ. And um, as the word does say martyrs, uh, there was, as they were preaching the gospel, uh, many died and suffered in different ways. Um, Saint, you know, Saint Isaac Jogues is probably one of the leaders that you might hear. So Saint Isaac Jogues came over, um, suffered actually um, kind of horrendous torture, and then survived that. Went home, but then he back to France, but then came back to the New World because the mm-hmm. the gospel was so on fire in his heart. He said, "Like I can reach them," um, and that's when he was martyred for the faith. Uh, but that also includes other saints like uh, Saint Kateri Tekawitha, who is the first North American, um, uh, Native American saint uh, within the Church canon. So mm. uh, Saint Kateri Tekawitha. So yeah, feel free to go into North American martyrs because the stained glass windows are actually eight of the North American martyrs. Oh wow! Um, and we have an image of Saint Kateri Tekawitha up there mm-hmm. as well. Oh wow! Well, you know the uh, from from ancient days, the stained glass is a is a tutorial, right? Perfect, yeah. And uh, so, if you can't read, you can you can still look at the glass and learn a lot of things. Exactly. Yep. So that's awesome. Um, the uh, well, I've got several sure. things here, but one of those things is you mentioned again seminary, and uh, we're a lot of people in Lincoln are familiar with a little semin- uh, seminary close to Denton. Yeah. And and I know that there are different branches of the Catholic Church mm-hmm. with different seminaries with different mm-hmm. emphases. Yes. So what is uh, what sure. what is that? That's the one that a lot of people around here might know about. What is that? What is the emphasis of that seminary? Sure. And Denton is more um, so. The mass, the Catholic mass, has gone through different changes throughout the mm-hmm. n- number of years. Um, the one that most people are would recognize. Um, was more developed in the 60s, mm-hmm. and so th- we call that Norvus Ordo, and so most parishes are that. Um, the one in Denton still continues uh, the Mass that was done before that for the about 400 years. The Latin Mass? The Latin Mass, okay. and so the seminarians there um, more more pray with that kind of their charism with the different parishes. So they are the Fraternal Society of St. Peter is their full name, FSSP. Um, so, yep. So that's the one out in Denton. Okay. Now is that then under overseen by the Lincoln diocese or is it, uh, independent of the Lincoln diocese? So it's, it's almost in conjoined because, um, the Bishop really has, um, he's entrusted with the souls of everyone in the diocese Mm. and, and to guide and to teach means that he has to make sure that that seminary is, um, you know, is good, holy, uh, um, and preaches the word of God correctly. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so it's, uh, it's in conjunction with, as yeah. well as overwatched by our bishop. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go all the way back. You mentioned the church school and you taught again at Pius. Yeah. I, I believe it or not in my, before my, I still think of myself as primarily a teacher, sure. but I started my career as a, as a high school English teacher. Nice. At okay. Lincoln, at Lincoln Southeast. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I still, you know, 
I always say that when I put my head on the pillow at night, my residual self-image is actually not so much as a pastor, but as a teacher. Yeah. I, I don't know about that, but, um, so tell me about the, your experience teaching sure, and then, uh, and, and how that dovetails in then with, with, uh, overseeing a, a church school. Awesome. Perfect. Um, you know, as you know, teaching, especially high school, that is such, um, such a turning point in someone's life, uh, be it with knowledge, be it with faith, be it with family. Um, and I got to teach juniors morality for all six years. And the physics mm-hmm. thing was only the last three years to juniors and seniors. But juniors morality was very, I felt very blessed. Um, I didn't know I was going, you know, that I would enjoy teaching because, again, I was an engineer. Um, but I would say that the the crux of teaching really was answering questions. That was my thing. Friday mm. was just anonymous question day where you could ask any question because mm. that's how I came back to the faith really was I got my questions answered. Yep. Um, as a teen, that's the point when the faith, you can't rely on your parents' faith anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make the faith your own. And I guess I didn't know how to articulate. And I think a lot of Christians sometimes think like, well, I just have to just have to believe that's all. And then just grin mm. and bear it. Um, when our Lord is like, well, no, I gave you an intellect for a reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> ask your questions mm-hmm. and you're going to love the answers. Yeah. And so that's what I saw teaching was, um, kind of a thirst. And, but also I saw, I don't want to say the apathy, but like this initial reaction of, well, the church can't answer this. So I'm not even going to ask. Mm. So kind of giving up before it happened. And so you got to penetrate that a little bit. I see why in scripture, the Lord was like, I want you hot or cold, but lukewarm. <laughs> I have to yeah. spew you from my mouth because yeah. when kids were hot or cold, you could work with that. When you mm. work with anger, you could work with the freeze a little bit, but the meh, that, that was harder. Mm. So that's what yeah. I kind of saw teaching um, in high school. I don't know if you saw that too. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I was involved in a parachurch ministry called Campus Life back then. And Mm. and, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I'll take them. I'll I'll take them hot or cold any day, (laughs) but it's just kind of like, whatever. It's like they're inoculated somehow against uh, the other thing that you mentioned there that I like um, that uh, a lot of times people don't understand the concept of faith. It's not Mm. some kind of a vague Mm. hope that things will work out. It's, it's faith in Christ. And so it's, it's what's, what is the object of your faith? Well, if your faith is, you know, for a lot of us, our faith is in our bank accounts or it's, (laughs) it's in the American government, which is a scary time for that. Scary, really scary. (laughs) But, uh, but for the Christian, our our faith, the object of our faith is Christ. And so that's the thing that, that makes uh, he's the one who makes sense of the world, mm-hmm. and it and it should make sense. So in our tradition too, I know the the, the Catholic Church has a rich uh, tradition of apologetics. We call it mm-hmm. apologetics yep. when you're kind of explaining the faith. And mm-hmm. and in my tradition too, a guy named Francis Schaeffer just mm-hmm. uh, really was the 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 marker for uh, inviting questions. Do you, why why is it we're not known for people who enjoy and appreciate questions? Because I think we're probably not. I, 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 I mean, wonder, Christians in general. Yeah, I wonder if it's, you know, when kind of researching why and digging farther, there's there's like a few who might give a bad <laughs> example for the rest of us. The few mm. who are like, believe in this yeah. other, other or else. And um, I, I think it's the ones, a lot of people encounter someone who 
has maybe that blind faith or doesn't know or couldn't answer the questions. But instead of just saying, I don't know the answer to that, let me go find it. Mm-hmm. They tried to either make something up or just yeah. say, well, we just have to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't know, because it's yeah. like, we would love to answer your questions. All love, love, day, love. Yeah. all day long. 100%. Well, and I think, I don't know about you as a, as a young pastor. I know for me as a young pastor, I sometimes, sometimes I did feel the pressure mm. to have the answer. Mm. And it didn't take me too many years to realize that sometimes the best answer is, you know, I need to think about that a little yeah. bit more, and I'll get back to you. Yeah. Did you experience that? Yeah. Actually, the first year of teaching, mm-hmm. I, because it was morality, because they were 16, 17, I mm-hmm. put all this pressure on myself to teach perfectly, be perfect, uh, have every single answer with a thousand points of counter. Mm-hmm. You know. I, but what I found there, I got advice from a teacher who was there, a very faithful man, who just said, you know what? Um, Jesus is just going to ask you, did you, did you give it your best? Did you present me in a good way? Mm. Um, in other words, Jesus is their savior, not me. Yeah. And so I had to leave room for the Holy spirit to, to work within them. <laughs> yes. And I was clutching too hard saying like, I have to save them. So yeah. there was a breaking point where it's like, Jesus is their savior. I'll give it my all. Mm. But, um, yeah, that'll just kind of exhaust you if you're trying to be someone's savior. Yes, it will. I think everybody in, in our general occupation is, is yeah. uh, subject to the Messiah complex. Yep. And there's only one Messiah, and it ain't me. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to take a second break. We're going to come back here. Let's talk about Christmas a little sure. bit because, man, is it knocking on the door here. Uh, it's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Father Nathan Hall. Glad to have you along. Thank you. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Friendly Fire Saturday, talking with Father Nathan Hall here from the North American Miter, Martyr, Mar- Miters. I don't think they did a lot of miter sawing, but, they, but uh, the Martyrs uh, here in Lincoln Diocese and, and Northwest Lincoln. And... Um, before we get to Christmas, one last thing that you mentioned, mm. I I would love to hear just a little bit more about. You mentioned your band and being a musician. Yeah. What what did you sing? Did you play? What what did you do? So I played bass and sang harmonies. So okay. I didn't sing as much. The other two were more of the singers. I would uh-huh. sing like if there was a third part or just lead on a couple mm-hmm. just to give someone a break. Um, but yeah, mostly bass. Very supportive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people always say bass is easy, but I I've seen I've seen you. There's oh. there are good bass bass players yeah. and not as good bass players. So 100%. I was uh, so for those who know, like uh, classic rock, like the Who, John Entwistle was like one of my favorites. Where you don't mm-hmm. have to just thump on the root note; you can move around and mm-hmm. move the song. So yeah, you know. Yeah, John Paul Jones, just great bassists were kind of my inspiration yeah. to actually move around yeah. yeah, and have fun with it. Yeah. Yes. Every time I hear a good bass line, I think of all yeah. the bass players that we've had over the years, and, sure. and it's, uh, it's always pretty cool. Um, by the way, do you get a chance to use your musical gifts in the parish at all? Or is so that... not in the parish so much. Uh, the guys and I, we still get together um, once a year a little bit. or mm-hmm. um, But yeah, still very close to them. Uh, mm-hmm. But nope, not much in the parish. I'm... I'm busy up front. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I can understand that. The uh, any favorite bands then that from your youth? Oh, that... sure. And again, I would I would say that 
very much 60s and 70s rock was was now you're speaking my love language oh my there. goodness yeah uh, yeah deep purple was a big one and i mentioned the who too but um led zeppelin was really good uh, later beatles uh were, later beatles kind of actually like abbey road and after were the mm-hmm. ones that were really my my favorites growing up and yeah. showed that music could be technical but fun but interesting um and yeah, I had a great uh, high school uh, music instrumental teacher. Um, yeah, so I played tuba in the main band, but then <laughs> bass for jazz band and pep band. Always, always on the low notes there. Always on the low. Oh yep. man, that's that's pretty fun. <laughs> um, it is it is Christmas, and I know that Andy Williams says it's the most wonderful time of the year, but it's also a stressful time mm. of the year. Uh, it's also we were talking before we went on air that. That again, uh, Catholics and Protestants can disagree about a variety of things, mm-hmm. but we, but there's actually a ton of things that mm-hmm. we absolutely a thousand percent agree about, and Christmas is one of them. You know, uh, the person and work of Jesus, the incarnation of of God, mm-hmm. uh, is a, is a is a beautiful, beautiful thing that unites mm-hmm. Christians all around the globe, mm-hmm. and uh, so. Uh, Having said that, sure. again, what are uh, again? I know it's it's it can be a wonderful thing, family and all those things, but it's also a, a mm. point of stress. What yeah. are as you're in your pastoral ministry? What what are some of the challenges that Christmas seems to bring every year? Yeah, and what's beautiful is they're both linked, like the downtime as well as the coming of Christ. Um, we don't have a God who's like very far off, you know, the classic watchmaker, like created mm-hmm. us and let us go. Um, mm-hmm. We have a God who's so interested in being a part of our life. He became one of us. And Jesus was all about the nitty gritty. Like he would touch, he would mix mud and smear it on people. He would speak face to face. And the reason that this is so linked is because sometimes you know, the darker parts that people get in slumps, especially around Christmas. Sometimes, especially as Christians, they feel like they have to hide the dark parts from God. Like, mm. I have to get good enough, yeah. and then I can approach God. But we don't have a God who's like, okay, get perfect, and then come to me. You know, he said, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened. He didn't say, mm. come to me, all you who've got it together yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and have it perfect. So the two are linked because even these maybe dark places or heavy places, that's actually where our Lord wants to go into first and foremost. Look at the poverty that he was born into. Mm. He wants to go into the poverty of our hearts because it's not, he doesn't want the shiny parts. He wants the whole heart. And that mm. includes the good things. Yes. But, but even the ones that get down or lonely or mm. frustrated. Um, so yeah, Christmas just proves we don't, we don't have a far off God. We want one who wants into our mess. Yeah. That is, a, there's a sense in which if you've gone through a hard time uh, and you do believe in God, but there's that little voice inside of you that says, but he doesn't really get it. He mm-hmm. doesn't understand. And he doesn't know what I'm going through. And the incarnation says in capital letters, no, he gets it. He, he understands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, sometimes we, uh, especially when it comes to, the, to Christmas, we've kind of idealized Oh, you know, there's a glowing light and there were, you know, and, and yes, there were angels. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was glory there, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Have you, have you seen a manger lately? Uh, I bet on the farm you probably had a few mangers, <laughs> right? Yep. So, uh, 
that that is the thing. We were very blessed our last year of seminary to go over to Bethlehem. Oh wow! And uh, we got a lot of the the historical part of it of mm-hmm. like what it would meant um, and how, as I said before, nitty gritty it would mm-hmm. have been. Um, could have you know there was even speculation could have been a cave. Yeah, uh, could have been. But either way, it was a, there was animals. Yeah, we know that. So that's <laughs> were not they, ideal. Were they magic talking animals? Yeah, no, they were. <laughs> they were smelly. Yeah. Uh, they were beasts of burden. Yeah. And that's the place that God Himself came into. Yeah, yeah. There it is. It, we we glamorize it, but uh, but and I think so. You, not only the birth narrative, but so there's the whole Gospels. Jesus was an an impoverished person, yep. a, a wandering prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so it's, it's hard to think of a way in which we suffer that Jesus didn't suffer as well, right? Mm-hmm. The, the scripture teaches that. He understands. He's been tempted in every way just as we are. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look when his ministry started when he was 30. Like, he had to do a lot of work mm. in desert eases, yeah. man, most likely manual labor, yeah. carpenter after Joseph. But, like, he knows the human condition. He wept. At his yeah. best friend's death, like Lazarus's death, like yeah, he yeah. knows the human yeah. condition. So when you're in Bethlehem, because I've not been to the yeah. Holy Land, what were some other things that kind of about the oh. the Christmas narrative that just kind of like popped and came to life? This this is the big one, and I'll always remember it. Um, so the guide. This is more a historical probability rather than scriptural thing, but he was talking about how. You know, in Jerusalem was the sacrifice, mm-hmm. and that took a unblemished. Uh, unblemished male lamb uh, without any broken bones. And where did they get all of them? Actually, Bethlehem. So Mm. Bethlehem was the major source of the sacrificial lambs. Wow. And so what they did to protect, to make sure that those lambs got to Jerusalem um, without a broken bone, without being blemished, is they swaddled them. Uh. And so here, (laughs) and that'll always just stick with me, how Lamb of God swaddled from Bethlehem, sacrificed in Jerusalem, just the historical context of, I mean, God made it very clear (laughs) who he was, why he came. But yeah, the swaddling clothes, a lot of times we just kind of like, oh, they were traveling, so they had to take clothes and swaddle them. How cute. Mm -hmm. Um, But the historical context of how they shipped the sacrificial lambs from Bethlehem to Jerusalem for the sacrifice... um, Wow! Yeah, it's just powerful. Yeah, no, I had not, I had not heard that. Yeah, in any it, of the com- read that in the commentaries. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was? I mean, there, there's something about knowing that you're walking where literally where Jesus walked. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I will someday, mm-hmm. by His mercy, we'll we'll be in a kingdom Amen. with Him, and we'll get we'll get more than that. Yeah. But uh, but that is. Uh, can you describe what that emotion was like, or that feeling was like? Yeah, because we we were very blessed. We spent two weeks in Galilee and then one week in Jerusalem. And um, I would think the thing that struck me the most is, so the Holy Sepulcher is a site where uh, three churches kind of maintain, um, where traditionally, you know, Christians held that the site of the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary and the tomb in which he was buried are under one roof. Mm. And so one of the opportunities we had was being overnight in the Holy Sepulcher. Mm. Um, and so we just walked around. Uh, it was Greek Orthodox New Year. That's a whole different thing because it was Greek Orthodox Christmas because the calendar is different. 
Um, so the door was open, so it was freezing, but we had the overnight, and you could just walk up where Calvary was. You could walk down to where the Holy Sepulchre was. Uh, as a, uh, When I was a deacon before priesthood, um, I got to be in the Holy Sep- uh, Sepulchre, uh, and we celebrated Mass on uh, the tomb of Christ. Mm. And so that was a very privileged moment. But just uh, it changes your whole look at the gospel. You know, just as like, I don't know, if the show The Chosen. Um, yeah. Just as that made it real, that that mm-hmm. um, Jesus was fully human, fully divine, you could kind of get the fully human part. Uh, same with being in Jerusalem. And we did the Stations of the Cross through mm-hmm. Jerusalem, kind of mm-hmm. walking the way. Um, yeah, just strikes you that he had to do stuff that's skipped over in the gospel. He had to walk from here to here. He had mm-hmm. to, you know, carry this. So, yeah, yeah. I, I just was a beautiful experience. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take one last break. We'll come back. We'll we do a shameless plug. And then uh, I'm glad you mentioned The Chosen because I, I really like that show. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but... Uh, but I, some people have quibbles with this oh, or that, sure. and, I, and I get it. It's you sure. know, it's not a documentary. Uh, it's it's there's some there's some speculation there, but sure. uh, but boy, it's uh, but but when it deals with the text, it's very mm. true to the text. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, we're, we're talking with Father Nathan Hall here from the North American Martyrs here in Lincoln. Good to have you along on uh, the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning. It's Friendly Fire Saturday, talking with Father Nathan Hall. And, uh, Father Hall, it is the time of the program. We always do a shameless plug. So I don't know what you got to plug, but whatever you got to plug right now, plug away. Sure. I, I mentioned earlier that... I myself came really alive in the faith when I got my questions answered. Mm-hmm. And when I taught as juniors, we had Anonymous Question Friday where they just typed in anonymous questions so they could feel safe. Um, so the thing I would like to plug maybe is on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. at our, at our parish, Wednesdays at 6, we have uh, what's called OCIA, the Order of Christian Initiation of Adults. And that is where... We just, every week, we just take a topic. We take a topic and we just talk about it, get your questions, um, and respond to that. This last week, I, I shared it. One of my parishioners talked about marriage. And then the second half, I talked about holy orders or the priesthood. And they got, you know, questions from anywhere of why do priests wear black into um, why is there a priest? You know, so it, it just answers actually people's true questions that they've been lugging around with them. Mm. Um, but yeah, so on Wednesday nights at 6 PM, uh, we're, we're taking our Christmas break though. I hear I'm plugging it, but we're not back mm. till the second week of January, but yeah, 6 PM at North American martyrs. Uh, just, you don't have to be Catholic. People are coming just being like, what is this? So we have some Catholics in the parish who are like, why do we do this? And then we have people who are discerning, like, do I want to become Catholic? And we just have people there like, hey, what is this all about? Um, and I love questions. I love, love, love them. So that would be my first kind of plug. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. bet. Um, the second one is our school. Uh, we have a pre-K through 8 school. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about, you know, how important it is to get your questions answered and to be able to kind of talk about God. Um, even though it's a Catholic school, not all our students are Catholic, and we welcome anyone and everyone. 
Um, but it's that place where if you want to grow up in a place where a section of the day gets to talk about God and Jesus mm-hmm. and how he loves you and why he came and answer some of your questions even as the youth, um, yeah, our school. I, I really I really love it, pre-K through 8. So, yeah. yeah. There's probably a lot of people who don't recognize that Catholic schools will take non-Catholics. Yeah, I, yeah. They, if we can get that word out there, just as like people <laughs> think we don't ask, can't answer yeah. questions. Um, yeah, everyone, how much would you love to just have Jesus and, and God spoken about each day? It's, it's refreshing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. That's, by the way, my plug uh, this week, again, tomorrow, Christmas Eve, uh, day after that uh, Christmas. We don't do a Christmas service, but I, I, a ton of churches out there do a Christmas Eve service. And, of course, it's a Sunday, so there's going to be morning and evening and all kinds of things going on, a lot of candles. And so, uh, well, first of all, again, I think you're welcome at the North American Martyrs. You're welcome at Zion. And, uh, and, and I would, but I want to say, again, I'm, I'm not a partisan guy. Uh, there are a lot of churches in Lincoln who uh, believe the Bible uh, and and understand Jesus to be the the only uh, begotten Son of God, and uh, and so find a church that will tell you the biblical message of Jesus. I bet there's one right around the corner from you. It, it ain't all about uh, you know uh, Father Hall's uh, parish or or my congregation. Uh, there are many many places in Lincoln that will tell you the faithful Christian story. So find one, get there, plug in, ask your questions. And by the way, I'll echo what Father Hall said there. If you, if you go to a congregation where they don't welcome your questions, go to the next one. <laughs> you need to, you yes. need to be in a place where they know what they believe yeah. and they're willing to explain it in plain English uh, to, mm-hmm. to ordinary people. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I hope that you would find our congregations to be that way. Uh, so, uh, there's a, there's a lot of great Christmas celebrating going on out there. And, uh, in my, on my sabbatical, I visited, uh, 15 other congregations and, uh, the vast, vast majority of them, uh, were all talking about, uh, their love for Jesus and uh, presenting, presenting him as the unique son of God and savior of sinners. And, uh, man, that blessed my heart. Uh, it's easy to forget that, the, uh, that there are a lot of other people. I know we live in a very secular time. But you also live in a community where there are a lot of uh, a lot of people who do love Jesus, and we need to to radiate that love to those who don't know Him yet. Uh, and uh, and so there's a challenge for you. We can do it. Um, just about uh, three minutes left here. Uh, so as we think about uh, your ministry there at North American Martyrs, uh, things. Okay, as I think about Northwest Lincoln, things are changing a ton out there. They are. Uh, I mean, how is how does that impact your congregation with all the construction and sure. the new school and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I would say with new schools, like, yeah, more people might just go closer to them um, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But um, I would just say it's, it's growing, and I kind of look at it as an opportunity because, you know, the average person out the world is – is a, a nun, like no religion, no mm. upbringing or anything. Yes. Um, and I look forward to kind of that, that saying like, Hey, you moved within our boundaries. I'm concerned for your soul. And I would love to just answer your questions. And have you heard of Jesus? Well, mm-hmm. isn't this this guy with a bunch of rules or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Or isn't he a hippie who just wants me happy? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how about we'll get you the real <laughs> Jesus yes. and that'll answer all questions. So yeah, there's a lot of development. The airport's right there, so Air Park, you have yeah. to kind of go around um, a little bit. But 
I look forward to that development. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Get to preach the gospel. By the way, that word, uh, so the N-O-N-E, none, yeah. now is the largest single group in America today. Mm -hmm. They don't have any affiliation yeah. at all. Fastest growing. And that is amazing. Which, by the way, a full circle here. Sure. Uh, you were talking about the chosen, and I mm -hmm. think the, the chosen is one of those things where I think it's it's faithful to the to the story, the gospel story, mm -hmm. it does. It's not. It's not a documentary. It's oh, just, yeah. there's there's some guessing as to what those in between times were about, but I find it very compelling. Yeah, and it sounds like you do too. Yeah, very helpful. Um, just in in. I know my original worry was sometimes Christian things can get cheesy. Yeah, oh, that <laughs> so was exactly my concern. <laughs> and was... and my other worry was I don't want to put a face to Jesus perfectly. Yes. You know, I want to have that room, but I will say. Um, I've had visceral reactions in a positive way because of my, you know, just because of the faith that I built in the study that I've done. In other words, it makes your study come alive. Yeah. So don't be afraid of it, I would yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. And again, yeah, as you said, yeah. not exactly. There, there weren't cameras at the time. So <laughs> yes. They're trying really well. It's but, not yeah. a documentary. Yes. <laughs> but the, uh, I, it's funny. I think in my circles, we have some of the same concerns. We have a lot mm -hmm. of people who have images of Christ and how sure. do we feel about that? And are we breaking one of the Ten Commandments? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, that, that isn't as much my concern as sure. it is that uh, uh, just, just remember, we are still uh, the anchors of what ha what's in the Gospels are there, but yep. there's a lot of guesswork in between. But the guesswork makes a lot of sense to me, as I and it kind of makes makes it come to life. Yeah, they're intellectual. You see where they came from. They're yeah. not out of left field. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. I really appreciate you taking your time to come in today, uh, Father Nathan Hall from North American Martyrs. And by the way, what's the address out there? So one one zero one. Isaac Drive. Okay. So 1101 Isaac Drive. Okay. Isaac after one of the North American Martyrs. All right. Very cool. Well, I hope you have a great Christmas. You too. God bless and, uh, I leave you seeing as I always do to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.